Well, folks, it is very fitting that this program is started with StreamYard being very dumb. Um, I hope you can see me and hear me, okay? It's telling me that I, there are issues with my, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, the Twitter hookup thing. But nonetheless, fuck it, that's Twitter. Um, how, how am I looking? How am I sounding? Beyond the obvious, obviously. All well, Meech is all is well. I trust Meech, kind of. Um, yeah, I don't know why Twitter's being weird. It seems to be working on the LNG account, so it might be because I deactivated, I'm not sure. But uh, <clears throat> good evening, folks. Happy Wednesday. It's an especially big Wednesday. Loaded dynamite ahead. Uh, you know, the kind of the last stop before collision in terms of TV bill, which I think is actually very interesting also. I'm intrigued as to what the vibes are out, you know, surrounding uh, collision before or after tonight's show. So I thought I'd hop on and hang out before the WrestlePurist program and and talk graps. Um, there is an elephant in the room, which obviously we will address in you know, some form. Uh, we may lead with it, I don't know. But yesterday I was uh, something resembling the main character of uh, the the hell the hell app, the hellacious app that is is Twitter, um, which was very funny for a range of reasons and also very fucking annoying for even more reasons. So I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that at some point, hopefully not for long, because there are very few things less interesting than me breaking down my own Twitter usage. Um, nonetheless, I hope everyone is well. I see many of you in the chat, a whole bunch of people already here, which I greatly appreciate. This was very late notice. Uh, shout out to Meech, Cookie, RC, uh, my pal Whiskey Dick, uh, Don't Have an At, Franco, Lambo, JJ, all of the good brothers in the uh, all the good brothers in the chat. I appreciate all of you. I'm sorry I missed one. Elliot also. Um, so I guess the the main thing I want to do as usual is hang out with these deals and you know that what that generally is is answering questions. So if you do have any questions. Please do get them put in the chat, and, I'll, and I will get to them here in a moment. Um, I think it would make sense to address the aforementioned elephant in the room. So I'm going to do that in a second, and then I'm going to leave it because it's really fucking boring. But if you have questions about professional wrestling, and I guess about Twitter, uh, I guess, then put them in the chat, and I will get to them in a moment because we do have a lot to discuss. It's a big night for wrestling. Um it's a big time for wrestling right now, right? It's like if it, it feels like there's a there's a really intriguing summer upon us here. And it feels like we're gonna leave this summer in a different place to where we entered, whether we like that or not. I think there's a good chance it goes either way. I'm not saying I'm gonna, I'm not necessarily picking one side or the other in that regard. I'm just saying that for good or bad, we're gonna leave the summer different to how we entered it as a professional wrestling like you know, landscape. And that's always interesting because that's not not generally the case. And I think uh, I think that's going to be kind of uh, the main story of the summer. You know, like if you look at as I just ramble here again, folks. If you have questions, put them in the chat. But you know, New Japan. Start there for a moment because we seldom do that. I think New Japan's had a good year, and they're very clearly you know, rebuilding and starting fresh, which is exciting because I think that's way overdue. However, I also think there are like transition, um, you know, issues in terms of making that transition and the inevitable kind of growing pains of some of the individual talent who's getting pushed and so on and so forth. And it feels like if New Japan is truly back, so to speak, the G1 climax is going to be a pretty good way of telling, right? And so that's like a big thing that circles me and the wrestling counter is how that looks. I have some concerns. Um, I mean, I think there's some actively bad wrestlers in that thing, and I don't, you know, feel the need see the need for this format. But I'm sure it works on a business level. I don't know. Seems way excessive to me. But I'm certainly interested to see where they, you know, how they feel coming out of this. Because going into it, I think they feel pretty damn good actually. Best of the Super Juniors was a big time hit from what I could tell. Obviously, I only, you know, pick and choose stuff, but. It seemed like people really liked it, and it certainly got more buzz than usual. So I think they're as hot as they have been for a while, honestly. So I'm intrigued as to how the G1 um, uh, kind of plays into that. On the WWE side of things, they're still riding this wave of the bloodline angle, which is inexplicably hotter than ever. Uh, and I don't say that as a slight. I mean, I'm, I'm super into it. I love the Usos of drama, but I don't know if I saw it coming, quite frankly. I mean... Uh, 
it, it like it's kind of wild to me there that you know that they're in the uh they're in a place where it feels like the the metrics are still you know kind of going up so i guess the big question in that regard is how the hell uh do you you know not inevitably jump the shark with that right because it feels like Jey Uso or Solar Zagara are not going to be the guy to beat Roman, nor should they be, if I'm being honest. So it's like, what's the you know, is there what's the drop off? When is the drop off? What's Roman doing at SummerSlam? So on and so forth. But the obvious one with the summer is AEW. And that's the main story, I think, of the summer is collision and the uh, real or not real, you know, brand split and how that looks, how long such a thing lasts, how kind of infrequent crossovers happen because you know i know tony's kind of pouring more on it but everything that i understand about the situation is it's pretty much going to be a, a split uh especially with the main characters almost by just like default it kind of has to be from what i can understand so it's going to be fascinating it's going to be absolutely fascinating now my rambling out of the way let's scroll up here and see if there's any questions um um one second folks okay what was what do we have here Two pieces of Cedos. Okay, what we got here? I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to scroll a little bit. Uh, this is very funny. Um, more importantly, Joe, your Sam, Joe, Kyle O'Reilly clip reminded me of that match, and I luckily still had the episode on my DVR, Real Graps and It's a really fun one. Really fun match. It's one of those deals where it's like, it's like a three-and-a-half-star match that's just simply trying to be that. Physical. Everything looks good. You know, I think Joe at this point in his career, and this is something that's going to make that Zack Sabre Jr. match, I think, a challenge for him. I don't think he's as well served to work in the mat as he obviously once was, uh, to say the least. And I think the Kyle match kind of exposed some of those frailties. But the beauty of Kyle is he's adaptable, and ultimately the match kind of just becomes trading bombs, but not trading bombs on a 50-50 way, trading bombs in which Kyle got to do all of his stagger cells and got knocked left to right and kind of bludgeoned. Um, that had some real... Add some spite to it. I like I like that match a lot, the physicality. So yeah, that was a fun one. I wish more people had seen that clip. Uh, but you know, you get what you get, I suppose. I am gonna send a link to our friend, the famed Hooper, who informed me on Twitter that he has a uh, a joke just for me that he would like to share before the end of this program. So he'll be stopping through at some point or another. Um again, I don't know what that is. I, I'm as concerned as you may be. I don't know, but I'm sending it over to him now. So He'll show up at some point, I'm sure. Uh, Meech says, very excited about Fight Forever. A lot of little tidbits over the last few days have been great. I agree, man. I uh, I think it's been kind of like a, a perception shift with some of the stuff to put out there. I kind of wish they got out there earlier. Uh, someone sent me a deal earlier of uh, of the blind tag feature, where if you're in the corner, you can you know you can make that tag without any kind of... I mean, that's, that's pretty sweet. I mean, it's a simple thing, but unless I'm mistaken, it's never been a, a thing... Interesting video. Has it? I mean, it's never been a thing in WWE games. We're not an expert on this matter, but I'm pretty sure of that. Um, so that's pretty sweet. And there's a bunch of different things like that that are kind of quirky and looks like there's some, there's some really kind of refreshing and uh, encouraging attention to detail. We'll see. I mean, I've got the game at this point because, uh, you know, Eddie Kingston's in it and actually looks like Eddie Kingston after all. So we'll find out soon enough. Uh, Topi Suicida says, Joe, what match or segment do you think my friend who has never been to a show before is going to pop for most tonight? Um, honestly, probably the party eight man with Sting because like there's, there's just such a, a bizarre collection of people and most of them are more, uh, you know, their, their appeal is, will probably work for someone who's not going to be looking at like the way the guys take bumps the way I would like a sicko, you know, like totally owner kind of speaks for itself. Um, it actually goes for almost all of the... No, it goes for all of the Mogul Embassy guys. Take the almost out. And then the other side, you have Keith Lee, who is... I mean, he's just... He's Keith Lee. And he's going to do a leapfrog at some point with grey hair, which is very funny. So that's that, that's Beast. Um, Sting. Yeah, this is absolutely... The, this is the correct answer. The party eight, man. Yeah. Which will be a hoot. Very excited for that. Tonight's show looks really good, though. Man. I'm sure you'll have a good time. Piranha Heat is also there. Tremendous. Have a good one, fellas. Um, New Japan is the hottest they've been since the pandemic. Yeah, I would agree. Apparently, it isn't even four block winners. It's just the top two in each block advance. Yes, it's the they're going to quarterfinals this year, right? Incredible bit. 
Incredible bit. Um, this is quite the shirt. This is uh, the only thing is there's a lot of bad wrestlers on this that have been phased out. Like bless her heart, but like you know, got an arrow and a shirt with Lever Bates on it, which is an interesting choice. But yeah, fuck it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. It's kind of in spite of Sonata for me. I'm not a Sonata guy, but I'm definitely with you on Zack Saber Junior being fucking awesome. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Solo could, this is in regards to who could end the bloodline uh, arc, so to speak. Uh, Solo could, only because it's a fresh match. Roman hasn't beaten him yet. I definitely think they'll do the match. Um, the only problem, I, I like Solo as a talent. He is quickly becoming an outlier in the sense that generally the business these days feels like a bunch of guys operating against, like in spite of their booking and, you know, kind of exceeding expectations. Solo may be booked too well right now. I mean, maybe they may book, be booking him beyond what he can actually do at the moment. And I mean that as a compliment to the job they're doing. And I don't, you know, I like Solo a lot. Folks may remember about a year ago, um, I did a scouting report segment on the Burr, and I I kind of talked about why I fought with him then, and he's come a long way since, and I liked him then. So I'm a big fan, but I just don't know if there's a talent you can put him in. I mean, I think if someone in the bloodline's doing it, it has to be Jay. Not because Jay's the right choice, but I just. I don't know if Solo can be a top babyface right now. So they may get a match out of it, but I don't think he has the, the ability to stick at the moment anyway. We'll see how it develops. I know it's not an AEW-related question. That's all good with me, mate, but it might pop you. Joe, should I go to Slammiversary? Only 45 minutes away from me, and tickets are 25 bucks. On the one hand, do you want to treat and interest me, but also... Bully and Scott Demore. I actually did. I think you should. Yeah, I think Trinity and uh, Trinity and Dion, like I think, really has a chance to be something quite special. Now, when I say special, I don't necessarily mean in the in the kind of star ratings arena, but I do think there is a chance that, like you know, both parties will realize how important that match is for Impact in general, and more specifically, this be real. Trinity has to know how big of a match that is for her, right? Like she's wrestled on way bigger stages. Damn, she she won the belt at WrestleMania. Like she's won the tag belt at WrestleMania. She's had way bigger matches. But in terms of her perception right now and place in the business and momentum in the business, I think she's made a nice starting impact. But let's be real, it's all for naught if if the Deonna match doesn't hit, right? Like that's the big one. That's the Deonna's the name that everyone is aware is the centerpiece of that division. Um, especially with Jordan now gone. So it's like I think there's a real chance they go they go crazy with that match. I think it could be a really good time. Obviously, I'm doing I do a lot of bits with the Nick Alder stuff, but I actually think him and Shelly will have a really good match too. Um, my understanding is that it's not gonna be a babyface match. Nick Aldis is gonna be pretty clearly slotted in one direction, which will it will help the match, I think, almost certainly. So I think it'll be good. And also, I'm gonna be totally real with you, as shitty as it is, bro. There'll probably be some horse shit to enjoy about that bully ray match. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be like an old fucking uh ECW deal where there's like 101 run-ins and set pieces and so on and so forth. But I think it'll probably be fun. But I, that could age very badly. How many wins did he leave? But I think he'll probably fall in the middle somewhere. It's it's seven match. How many matches do you have at this point? You've Here he is. Here's a guy who's been in the G1 before. Manny the Hooper? I've done a few tours, you know, some would say. How, uh, how many matches are they wrestling in the G1 this year? Oh, fuck, bro. I don't know. There's 32 wrestlers and there's five so people. Seven matches, right? For yeah, the seven, yeah. yeah, the seven. Then plus, I mean, seven times. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> All right. Don't worry about that. It's fine. <laughs> you, you answer my question. Now, Manny, you told me. Let me get rid of this logo here. This is it. This is it. Let me be clear, folks. This is a cameo from Hooper because I'm. Yep. And, and, you know, this was agreed upon. Manny said he had a joke. And you, I believe you claim it was specifically produced for me. Is this the case? Yeah. Okay, right. Let's proceed with this, Manny, and this could go in any which way, and I want to make clear that I do not, I'm not aware of what Manny's about to say, and I do not co-sign it necessarily. Go ahead, Manny. What is Robert De Niro good at doing? <laughs> Acting. Making De Niro. Oh, oh. <sighs> just make a final statement. I can't even. I can't even look at you right now. Just make a final statement, and I'll. I'll let you just. 
don't know. I only, I only got the joke because uh, one of my residents today. You uh, sorry, you only got the joke. Oh, oh, you you got it from someone. You mean? Yeah, yeah because <laughs> somebody. <laughs> I thought you didn't understand it. Go on, carry on. No, no, because no, somebody <laughs> said. Uh, somebody said uh, their favorite actor today was De Niro, but they said it really fast. So mm-hmm. I said, "Oh man, De Niro's name sounds like De Niro in Spanish, like money." And I came up with a joke in like five minutes, and I said, "Oh, this will pop, Joe." Well, some of that was true, most of it was not. But I appreciate Manny. I appreciate the effort. Mm-hmm. I think your heart was in the right place, even if everything else was in the wrong place. Back to the drawing board, I believe. But uh, have a wonderful night, mate. All right. Yeah, I'm no Chris, but you know, I'll, I'll go yeah. back to the drawing boards. You'll get there. All right, mate. you'll get there. All right. All right. Peace have out. Have a good guys. evening, Chief. Enjoy dynamite. Right? too wait are you doing your wrestle pure show later yeah all right bye. you on that no i was just wondering <laughs> okay, <bye>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is folks man of the hooper a truly unique force of nature in this uh in this space i just never cease to amaze truly uh to answer your question bruce i think he's probably gonna get three or four eddie kingston wins that is for anyone who's listening and has no idea what i'm talking about at this point just just incredible effort, once again, from the Hooper. Uh, I agree with this totally. Okada is super compelling right now um, as like a sort of miserable prick, basically. Did you see Imperium versus Stenerico from Raw? I did. I loved it, man. I uh, I, I think it's two straight weeks of like, you know, TV match of the year level efforts from, from Gunther and KO. The structure of the match was really sweet because they had like an extended shine. And we even got something that never, ever happens, ever happens in WWE. But it's like an old school WCW pop for me, which is the shine was so long that the baby faces even got a chance to use like tag team tactics. And so they cut the ring off and like, you know, made a couple quick tags. And I always, people always get mad when this happens on like a pay-per-view. The timeline inevitably feels like, wait, who's the heels? But I always love this quirk because like, the baby faces should also know how to wrestle as a tag team. You know, they should not just always get the shit kicked. Now, eventually you get to the heat and you get where you end up, you know, you expect it to be, which is a whole lot of heat on Sami Zayn. They get to that with a sweet transition with a big boot. My biggest issue with the match was most of that heat was hidden in the break, which is just a, you know, a, a uh, an issue with TV wrestling. I mean, it is what it is, right? But that was a bummer. But beyond that, I thought it was terrific. I, I, I absolutely loved it, yeah. A great, great match. Again, four years, a TV match. I'm not saying it's like a classic or anything, but it's one of my favorite TV, TV matches as of late. Okay. How much of the Bloodline story is due to Paul Heyman, the writing characters, etc.? I would say an awful lot. Um, a lot of that is piecing things together that I'm aware of and, you know, third and fourth hand. You hear, you hear a bunch of stuff about this because obviously it's the main story in the business. So, even as someone who don't know shit, I hear an awful lot about the bloodline because it's just it's inevitable. Everyone's talking about kind of the success of the bloodline. And I think most wrestlers are kind of uh, inevitably looking at that formula, at least with interest, because it just it is it's a smash hit. I mean, it is what it is. But um, I think Paulie is, is, you know, pivotal to the kind of the way it's produced in terms of the layers within it. Not to, again, I'm not trying to do like the cinema bit, but you know, it is pretty it's pretty well constructed for a wrestling angle, man. Like I've watched enough grabs to say that with confidence. It's stagey sometimes in the way it's laid out, which is an issue for me at times. Um, but it is well done. So I think he's very pivotal, but I will say also Roman Reigns is right there with him. Like Roman is no passenger just following Paulie's lead. Like he's putting a lot of this shit together too. So Roman, Paulie. And the guy who's actually agenting most of these segments is Michael Pierce Hayes, which isn't a surprise because uh, one of my favorite, like, short-lived WWE TV runs was when Vince got tired of SmackDown and just let Pierce Hayes book it. Uh, I would not necessarily endorse him as a human being, but he seems to have a pretty good read on the graps. So there's that. I saw this. I saw Chris was watching the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble, which is truly sadistic. Truly sadistic. Uh, O'Reilly and Danielson don't think that's ever happened. That's interesting. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Factual. Swinging for the fences tonight, brother. You know, you got to, you know, people have got their eyes on you. You know, when you were the uh, the main character of wrestling Twitter for about two hours, you have to come out with the heavy hitters in terms of attire, man. It is what it is. Okay. 
yes, this is a, this is a cool thing on the video game also, the, the exploding barbed wire deal. <clears throat> Sorry, folks, I'm going to miss stuff because I'm now like it's a full 10 minutes behind hilariously. But... So if I do, feel free to comment again because I may have missed stuff already. Uh, does Sting take another powerbomb from Brian Cage? Probably not, to be honest. My guess is he's not he's not going to take really any bumps. He may just get like knocked over at one point. So that'll be interesting. I mean, when you have an eight man, you can kind of like you know you can kind of save Sting to just do his comeback and he's he's big but he's big signature moves. But I will say that if he's going to take anything, it's probably going to be from Brian Cage or Swerve because I. I mean, Khan's probably, he'll be okay. I mean, what I'm really saying is Charlie Owner should probably be kept away from Sting. You might kill him. I mean, it's Charlie Owner's animal. He's a, he's a dangerous fella. I mean that with love. I'm not saying he's like a, you know, uh, unprofessional. He just seems to get carried away out there. I mean, I've, so he does stuff, simple stuff, and he looks like he kills guys. Real graps, to be clear. I just don't have Sting needs to wrestling <laughs> at this point in his life. Um. Oh, my God. Keith may have got the big die job. God bless him. The big man is back. Uh, do you think Kenta Miyahara could be in the G1 next year? Bantered this with a friend of mine today. My feeling is all Japan needs him too much. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Because, you know, they, the way their schedules work, like him missing that many shows would be brutal. I mean, I'll say this. Like, the reaction he's got on the big shows in, in terms of the uh, the, the final bye-bye. No, was he on... He wasn't on Bye Bye. He was on like the other Bye Bye, right? I don't know, whatever the fuck, whatever the other, whatever the Muro show he was on. That show and then all together again, he got like superstar reactions, man. Like he absolutely feels like he's, you know, he's connected way beyond his territory at this point, which is, you know, I mean, that's just the way it goes. I'm not saying there's a slight in all Japan, but it is what he is, right? So I'm sure there's a lot of kind of interest in getting him involved, but it just seems like because of the reason you said it, it'd be hard to make that work. I mean, it's different with Noah because while well, Noah has their own issues, and I'm very much aware that the the uh, the Muto, you know, kind of retirement tour like has inflated their numbers quite dramatically. I saw a, a chart there, I don't know who posted it, it's my bad, but there was a chart of like the attendance, and people were pointing out like post, you know, uh, retirement tour deal like that's it's very it's getting very different. So I'm aware they have their own issues, but they have a lot more main event kind of uh, figures from what I can gather than all Japan who are. You know, I mean, Yuji's the champ right now, and I love Yuji Nagata, but it's 2023, so you get what you get, I suppose. Uh, thoughts on the collision rollout? I think it's pretty bad, unfortunately. I mean, it doesn't really bother me because it's not my money, and I love the match they've announced. I, I will say I had a, a bit of a, a reality check when I was watching Dynamite with my dad on, uh, when was he catching up on it? Sunday, I think. Saturday or Sunday, he was catching up on Dynamite, and I really wanted to see his reactions to this graphic because, you know, he's a big he's a big FTR fan. He likes Punk. You know, I don't think he has an issue with the heels necessarily, but, you know, this graphic came up and he was just kind of, oh, he called it a triple threat situation, which popped me very much. And, you know, it was kind of hard. Like, he was kind of baffled as to why the match was happening, which, which I thought was pretty interesting, honestly, because I couldn't really answer. Beyond that, I think, like, the branding of the show is kind of weird. Like, Tony Khan just constantly stressing that, <clears throat> you know, uh, him just constantly reading, like, yo, they wanted more content, so God bless, you know. I, I don't know. That's <laughs> necessarily how I'd frame it, but I guess that's the truth. So I don't think it's been very well done at all, but I'm really looking forward to it personally. Hopefully it does well because all, you know, I'm aware of the many bits that surround this show and, like, it's become um, this kind of embodiment of, like, a AEW Civil War which is an unbelievably lame sentence that I just said out loud. But that's what it's become. But in all seriousness, you know, the guys who will suffer if collision bombs, it's not going to be CM Punk. You know, if CM Punk's gone from AEW in six months, he'll be resting Roman Reigns at WrestleMania or some shit. The guys who will suffer will be the underneath guys who need this TV time. So hopefully it's a success and uh, and Dynamite isn't hurt by either. In it. And they have two strong TV shows because they, they, have, they have enough bodies. I mean, talent needs this TV time, so. I, I would like them to to have more juice and have more momentum, but ultimately it's not something I'm overly worrying about because as a fan, I can't wait. So that's that's really the most important thing personally. Um, this is the original AEW roster. And you see, if I do this, I don't know if you guys can still, I don't even see that. It's kind of, anyway, Chris Jericho's at the top and you have like 
Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz. It's the original AEW roster, which, you know, obviously some of it is aged hilariously. Jimmy Havoc is not on it. Everyone's wondering. Um, my goodness. Keith Lee doing the face, the face paint is quite the deal. You do not hear Joe, the Sonata matchup for Forbidden Door is supposed to be revealed tonight. Somehow, it's from the man himself and New Japan announced. I had no idea, no. Um, my lord, that's interesting. Slightly concerning, to be honest with you. Alright, that'll be uh, it'll be an interesting moment tonight. Who's Roman's opponent for SummerSlam? Gotta be Jay, right? Yeah, I think it's Jay. And you do the tag here in London and then you uh you go to the Jay singles, which is like you know, you've obviously done it before, but I do think you developed the story enough to go back to it. And it's also been three years, which is insane to say out loud. Um and I also think people will be able to talk themselves into a title change. I'm not saying I will, I don't think it's happening at all, but I think people even if the like kind of crazy online folks uh, dismiss it, I do think the audience sees the Usos as integral enough that they maybe I convince themselves on an Uso splash or whatever a super kick, maybe the fifteenth super kick that maybe just maybe tonight's the night, uh, which is really what you're looking for at this point. Like I put it this way, I think it's going to be a lot easier to convince people on a Jay Uso near fall than it will be a Bobby Lashley near fall or an AJ Styles near fall, and that's not a slight on those two guys as wrestlers; they're both great, obviously, but. Jey Uso is like part of the story, so at least it feels feasible that he could end it, even if I think deep down we all know the truth in that regard. So, um, is there an AEW equivalent to Solo? I haven't watched much of him. Is he the next Samoa Joe? And a lot of people responded, I believe. Um, I think some folks said Toa, yeah, yeah. I think Toa is definitely more like dynamic, I think, uh, in terms of his, his athleticism. I, don't, I mean, it's always tough with this because Solo, and again, I this I feel like I'm kind of uh, understating what he's done as a talent because I think he's really been impressive. But Solo is very much bolstered by like the way he's been, uh, the role he's in. You know, like it's a role absolutely designed for his strengths in the biggest act in wrestling, and he really has just had to be plugged in, and he hasn't had to be very expansive as a personality, a character, even a worker at this point. He's just you know, following a very simple routine. So it's hard comparing to a Tolio owner because I actually, you know, I think Tolio owner kind of compares favorably to him as an outright talent. I think so. Solo has got much better fundamentals, um, but he's, you know, he's more dynamic physically, but you, it's such a hard comparison to make because one of them has been, you know, he's come into this angle and it's like such as it's such a home run from, from a talent development point of view. So yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. In terms of him being the next Samojo, no. He's a, he's a good wrestler. He just hasn't got the raw, like, uh, the intangibles, honestly, man. Like, he has a charisma, certainly, has a presence. But Joe jumped off the page from very, very early. And Solo is more steady than that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think him and Roman is, is worth doing at some point anyway. So. Um, okay. TV titles, secondary titles running the world right now. Uh, just need that TNT title scene to heat up. We've got Joe, Zach, Gunter, and Chris Statt. I like that. So it's a fun little era you've uncovered there. I like that a lot. That's, yeah. The Zach one is, is has been really fun. It's been really cool to see Zach in that role of like, you know, the kind of work rate guy of yesterday almost. That's pretty sweet. So I'm with you, Chris, obviously, early days. She's two for two for me, man. I, I think the, you know, the Anna J match, like, greatly over delivered for what it was i'm not saying it was a classic right? i thought it was a solid match uh, and stylistically i thought it was kind of challenging so um i'm with you absolutely tk brought up the fact he checks for the cage match ratings in an interview which popped me he also mentioned battle of the boats will still happen for some reason tk meant well but he him bringing up cage match like that that's changed the world brothers that's like like every cage match rating is now like investigated for you know fraudulent ratings and stuff. It's just it's just it was supposed to be a thing for the sickos and now it's become it's got in the wrong hands. It's just it's an unbearable topic at this point. But uh, that's this combo from Cody. Um, but yeah, Battle of the Belts. I mean, it's content, I guess, right? Like it's the thing about Battle of the Belts is is it's so like. Uh, stripped to its raw ingredients and there's so little pomp and circumstance that you just have to kind of hope the matches pop you there was that one episode that had like a couple matches we liked it was in the ftr gates of agony situation <clears throat> and we left him so that was good 
And it wasn't really good. It just popped us. You know, the, the closest they've got to good was the Claudio Takeshita thing, right? That, that match was really great. I saw something about this. I saw Manny did like a 2K stream or something. Someone explain that to me because I don't really understand what's going on. I had enough shit on my, in my uh, mentions about, you know, investigating Manny the Hooper's 2K performance. I'm not seeing everyone's reaction to that terrible Manny joke. Yeah, it was <sighs> outrageous. What a character, though. The fact that he claimed that was exclusively for me was like almost more insulting than anything, to be honest, but you get what you get, I suppose. Okay. What else have we got here? These TK interviews are, are the biggest waste of time he refuses to give and take and also blatantly lies with statements like RRH won't be a digital exclusive and Battle of the Bells won't be a B show. Hope you can play a little more ball or stop booking these interviews. I saw um, a little bit of the one we post today. Jesus, sometimes, I, sometimes my camera just like explodes with light. I apologize for that. I saw a bit of that and, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I don't watch these enough to have like a good comment on it or anything kind of insightful to say. I honestly don't watch any of them before. Uh, not because I'm like above it, I just simply don't. I, it's just not something I've watched. Um, I will say that I think John Pollock is the fucking man. And I think anyone who's watching this knows that I'm not that guy. <clears throat> I'm like a bootlicker. I very seldom will do this about anyone in wrestling media. But he, that dude, is he's the real man. He's... He's awesome. So well, the clips I saw of it was I was more popping at John's like creative questioning to try and get something, anything out of Tony. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's a weird situation. I'm, I think a lot of it right now is I think certain, certain legalities involved in some of the questions, but I, I don't disagree, to be honest, based on what I've seen. But again, I've only seen little bits and pieces. Um. I understand it's been hot in the UK lately. Explain to me why you guys don't have air conditioning. Because it's very seldom hot. <laughs> we're, we're not we're not prepared for it, you know. We're not prepared. But, you know, you get what you get, I suppose. People, I mean, I was going to say Philippine dramatic. I'm sure, like, there's actual, you know, uh, I know there's been some actual like, health scares and such. I don't mean to understand that, but some people are being a little bit dramatic. I mean, good Lord, you know. You see people, like, I was on the train yesterday, and you see these people, like, I like, like, good, calm it down, man. Take a, take a deep breath or something. It's going to be okay. I mean, I'm a big fat fuck, and I'm not sweating that bad. You know what I mean? Anyway, odds on Orange Cassidy becoming AEW world champion in the future. I think he's got a real shot, and I think in the very near future too. I think that's a real – I think that's safe to circle. Absolutely. Um, I actually think he may beat Max, like legitimately, and have a short reign in the middle there. I'm really interested in terms of, of what um, how they follow up when he loses this belt. I still think Swerve's getting it, personally. I don't know what you guys think. Um, but, like, how do you – do you, like, immediately spin him off into a new feud? Or do you let him sit for, like, a month and then bring him back in a main event feud? Because this reign has honestly been long enough that he has the cred to go straight into a main event feud, even after, even after dropping that belt, you know? So – I think he's got a real shot. I think actually I would go as far as say that um, I kind of, in some ways, I kind of, it's more likely than not at this point. Am I crazy for that? I don't know. But I mean, Orange is one of the top guys in the whole promotion. He really is. And I, I think some people are so stuck on the idea of him being a gimmick, which at this point is like, good Lord, watch the show. But I think some people are stunning. They think it's like preposterous. And I just, I, if you just look at him as a talent, both in terms of his skill set, his popularity, and also, let's be real, his usage, you know? Like, there's a lot of guys who have fantasy booked to beat MJF and have never been booked prominently on the TV show. Orange Cassidy is certainly booked prominently on the TV show. I've seen that, you know, if nothing else. So, I think he's got a real shot. Um, KO said he couldn't wrestle in shorts and a T-shirt. They'd, they'd had to put on different shorts and a T-shirt. Pop. I respect that. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. Um, seen some tweets today saying the Young Bucks I've seen some tweets today, let me tell you I've seen a lot of tweets saying the Young Bucks are overrated not liking their personalities I get but you can't deny they're possibly the best tag team I was talking about this with someone the other day I can't remember, I think it was off air but I uh, the Young Bucks thing I sometimes forget it's still like a debate and it's like a heated conversation 
And when sometimes it returns to my feed, and I'll come like, I guess if this is the thing we want to talk about, like I, I'm with you completely. I think of the modern teams is pretty obvious. They're the best. They have the best case for being the best team ever. Um, <clears throat> they have the longevity, the match catalog, the influence, the significance, the the outright impact on on the whole industry at large, and um. They've been big business too. I mean, it's all relative. Like their era is what their era is. But I mean, the Ring of Honor was certainly different when the Young Bucks were around. I can tell you that for a fact. I saw it. You know. So yeah, I, I didn't think got a real case. I'm I'm not an expert on the history of tag wrestling by any means. Um, but when you have, you know, over a decade of quality work, which at this point they do, I, I'm not a huge fan of their really early stuff, like the TNA stuff. There's a couple of stuff things in PWG in the late 2000s I like, but it takes them a while for, to get to where I really enjoy them, but I still think we're over a decade at this point. So, yeah, a lot of it's also people that haven't watched them enough, and, and that's fine. I mean, we have blind spots. But, like, I think if you've watched their AEW run and your take is, like, they're bad, I don't know, man. Now, I will – the personality thing is just – I mean, that's just the way it goes, right? You peel rub your own way, and they certainly have a very particular, like – like, their promo last week was a good example where it's like they were doing a babyface promo, but like Matt Jackson is kind of like inherently comes across like a dick. Um, it's just who he is. He, he has that kind of smarmy deal, right? So if you don't like them, I mean, that's fair enough, but personally, I think they're pretty fucking good. Um, yes, yeah, Greatest Royal Rumble, Roddy Strong went crazy in that. Tremendous. I will be on my feet for the totally uninteresting standoff, yes. I'll be holding my heart in fear. <laughs> Lost Love was the show, not Final Bye Bye. That was answering a question for 15 minutes ago that I've just got to in the chat. Hilarious. Trying my best, folks. Here we go. Um, okay. Kento Miyahara, Western Dream Opponent. Man, what a great question. Dream Opponent for Kento Miyahara. This is difficult because he's such a, a versatile big match wrestler. You can go in different directions. Like you can give him a guy who's really physical. I mean, honestly, I'm, I mean, this is super lazy, and I'm, I'm sorry to do this, but if I'm being totally honest here, I mean, I'd like him to fight the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, you know, to be real. I mean, it seems like a cop-out, right? But, I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest. I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> so, I'd say Dragon. Um, other than that, I'll try and find a... I mean, we should really, what we should be striving to do once he breaks out of this sports entertainer stick and, you know, he's like a pro wrestler, we should really be striving to to get Garcia on a tour, you know. I'm thinking Corican Hall. I'm thinking Triple Crown, you know, DG, Kentami Yohara. Get my subscription for that. It would be, it'd be a hell of a deal. Uh, trying to take a step out of the bubble and describe what Cleveland is going to be, I don't know. I kind of think I can do it. I think, I mean... Um, because you, I guess you could kind of assume that based on what they've said, I guess you could assume it's the CM Punk show. They haven't really said that clear, like outward, because I guess they don't want to. But I guess you could just say CM Punk and people that you that you may remember from TV last year or whatever. It's tough, man. Like I'm again, I'm not here, Paul, on it because I'm excited for it as a fan. But it's definitely a real thing, like 100. percent It's it's not been. Um, branded or identified particularly well by the actual promotion themselves, which is a shame. Um, what else we got here? Does Cole uh, lose and then Sonata challenges to a tag match or something? Oh my god, it's a lot of names. That's the two names there that are very scary. Um, maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather have a tag match and do a big singles place. I'm not. I'm not really into that. I don't need that really. Uh, if Punk gets injured tonight and he's gone, they'll simply use the Elite and BCC more on Saturday while keeping the rest of the wrestlers on one of the shows. Probably so, but the problem is that a lot of, like, the Elite probably don't want to work too. So you're going to have to, like, rotate within that because, <clears throat> unfortunately, uh, the the heavy, you know, the, the three core members of the Elite, not some, not Hangman, but the Bucks and Kenny are all physically important. They're not going to want to be on those shows in, like, a integral place wrestling. They can obviously do promos and stuff, but. You know, that's that's going to be the challenge too. The BCC don't really give a fuck. I mean, Moxley's going to work in, you know, 
revolver shows and shit on Saturdays, so that won't be a big deal, but yeah. Um I agree. They went back to Owens off to years then go back to Jagger. And it also they've been they've built up too well, so that's fair enough. What is a real success for collision? Uh, hard to imagine a Saturday show in dynamite numbers. I guess positive buzz. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, as long as it's kind of steady, right? I, I guess. Um, unfortunately, the Civil War AEW fan types don't give a shit about any of the underguard guys either. Well, yeah, I mean, I know, but you got to realize, I mean, a lot of that's like not the actual, you know, these are sickos that are on the internet too much. It's, it is what it is. I mean, you, you have, it's always important to remember that like this bubble we're in is like a niche within the niche within the niche. And while it's very fucking annoying sometimes, it's not like that deep to most people. I would hope not anyway. Maybe it is. Um, I, I, I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully people are aware that, you know, it's, it's bigger than just CM Punk or the Elite or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway. Some Zack Sabre Jr. love. I like it. Uh, Joe, who do you think Shibata gets a forbidden door if the Garcia match is planned for the Ring of Honor show? I think a tag of some kind, personally. I think a tag. They may actually put him... I know a lot of people think Orange is going to lose the belt there, but they may do him and Orange as a team, I think. Just a guess. Um, Dukes beat Manny in 2K by like 50. Only six-minute quarters, and Dukes was kind of just messing around. Wait, he's shooting about being that bad at 2K? I thought that was a bit. I always overestimate Manny the Hooper and he's doing bits when he's just sincerely explaining that he's bad at stuff or good at stuff, you know? Amazing. What do you think stats? Sealy is only 27, but two knee injuries and her longest singles match is only, 20, is only 12 minutes thus far. Um... As a talent, I think it's like, you know, she's limitless to me is because I, I think her work has come so far in the last three years. Like I think it's easy to forget because everyone has always liked the idea of Chris Statlander and the potential Chris Statlander. I think it's really easy to forget where she was at when AEW started. Like she had some really cool offense. She was athletic and had like a different vibe and feel to her. But her work was not, uh, you know, it was not the most smooth, which is fine. But I mean, she was she had some really clunky moments in that first initial kind of part of her run. Um, so I think looking at her improvement, considering how much time she's missed with injuries, I think, it's, you know, it's impossible to put a seal on her as a, as a talent. The concern is, is the injuries. Um, it's just really tough. I mean, hopefully, just hopefully that things go better and, and she's, she has some luck this time around because last time especially, she was just heating up. It was a terrible shame the way she, the timing she went. I mean, it's always bad to get hurt, right? But, like, she was uh, she was really on a roll there. So, yeah, it was a shame. Hopefully things go better on that front because the talent, I think she's terrific. Okay. Um, you think we get any rematches between the New Japan uh, Musketeers before they hang it up? Whenever stuff like that's asked, I always assume yes, because um, <laughs> the best way to explain why would be because on Saturday, Samoa Joe and CM Punk are sharing the ring <laughs> in, in 2023. Uh, so I'm going to just say yes, based exclusively on this being professional wrestling and that how these things generally work out. I have, you know, I have no insight in the matter. I'm just going to say yes because, you know, it's just crap as far as the way it goes. Okay. Jimmy Jacobs has just been hired for AEW Creative unofficially according to SRS. That will be interesting. That will be very interesting. Jimmy Jacobs is an interesting fella. Interesting fella. Um, there is Uso's Bucks discourse. We made it. The real return. I will, I'll say this, and everyone knows where I stand. It, so I don't know why the fuck I'm doing this, but it, look, I don't think the Usos are better than the Young Bucks. Clearly, I've established that. I think of this era, when you look at, you know, FTR, Bucks, um, dearly as I love them and miss them as a team so, so much, the Briscoes, the Usos, whoever you want to put in there from the kind of the US scene. Um, as I said, I think the Bucks are the, the biggest case to be the best ever. By, by distance. I will say, though, the Usos are real fucking wrestlers. I mean, they're, they're on a real nice run right now. This year, they've been terrific. I mean, some of these TV matches they're having this year have been, have been tremendous. I mean, I don't, I don't watch enough globally, but in the States, I think they've been the best team this year, honestly. Um, 
Maybe I'm missing people. Chat, tell me who you think tagged in the years thus far. But I, I think the Usos have been terrific. I'm biased because I'm a fan, but I really do. Nonetheless, I digress. Uh, Joe, I got Impact Plus like a real sicko owned and watched the first ever NWA TNA show. What a time. Stereotypes up the wazoo. A young Trevor Murdoch and a family tag team and Jeff Jarrett is somehow the heel with a feud with Toby Keith. Well, you know, Bob O'Neill was a big fan, but yeah, um, it's a really weird promotion. TNA is always weird, but the first two years of TNA are like, they're honestly, they're, they're, they're kind of despicable. Uh, not even when they're trying to be, I'm not even saying it's like tasteless. I mean, some of it is tasteless, but they're just, they have no soul beyond just like just doing shit, you know? Like this might get people to look at us, which on some level I respect, but at the same time, good lord, man, get a, that's the, always the issue with that promotion. They never had a, like an identity, you know, beyond just like, well, fuck it, someone might watch it. Which, I mean, whatever. I want to see a long-running women's tag team in AEW and w, or WWE that ends up with a longevity and match catalog of something like the Bucks or FTR. That'd be amazing. No one ever does it. I agree, man. I agree totally. I completely, completely agree. Did Kenny ever wrestle Kento? I don't know, but even if he did, I would like us to, to cross that bridge once more. Kento is only 34. My goodness. My Lord. Has there ever been a guy, Jin, as prolific as Omega outside of Hanson and Funk? He's been in multiple promotions. A very unique career. Yeah, I'm not an expert on the matter, but I would say that I would, my instinct would be no. Um, I've I've only seen bits and pieces of like pre Bullet Club Kenny, but just on on uh, on the Bullet Club run, considering where that took him, you know, the elite is probably the better way to phrase it, I guess. But I mean, he was extraordinarily popular. Um, Beloved, which you know is, is the was the case for Terry, so it feels like that's the, the right answer, but I'm not sure. Maybe put in the chat be more clued in. Hello, Monty. I hope you're well, mate. Uh more likely that Mox works a strong pay of view on Saturday or a collision with Punk on it. Um it's way more likely that Mox works a strong pay of view on Saturday. <laughs> way more. They may try and avoid them in gem in general. Um they may try and do those on Sundays moving forward just because it may be easier to get the talent they're looking for on their, you know, the talent sharing element of it. But yeah, I think it's much more likely works uh, a strong point of view, to be honest. Okay. Manny's defense in 2K was running around in circles and trying to block the shot whenever Duke, oh, he's one of those those guys, just fucking slams triangle over and over again, leaping in the air. Vile, truly vile. Um, The real question... Say tells us this is not really the real question always. Don't be honest. But he says the real question is the whole bit is what is the leader of the Bullet Club, the rebel David Finley? Do? Now, let's be clear here. It's really now let's think about what we're doing here. Hey, so let's just take a, take, take a step back. The machine gun Carl Anderson, okay, was once the leader of Bullet Club. Now, the people will say it's not true. I'm telling you it's true. I understand the law of Bullet Club. AJ was the ace. The machine gun Carl Anderson was the leader. Now, I bring this up because has the machine gun Carl Anderson ever been officially, formally kicked out of the famed Bullet Club? Unless I'm mistaken, the answer is a definitive no. And so I'm here to announce on uh, June 14th, 2023, is that, in fact, there have only ever been two leaders of Bullet Club. It goes from Prince Devitt to the machine gun, Carl Anderson, and he's been leading from the outside or the inside ever since. So I have no comment on the rebel David Finley, and I hope not to see him at Forbidden Door 2. With that, I move on. I do remember this, James. I remember the, the lieutenant's match. I could not remind, recall to you the rules of the match, but I, did, I saw it. I read it. I believe multiple times because I figure out what, what, what was the, the pitch. But it popped me. I enjoy seeing stuff like that in my mentions legitimately. It was it was not an argument. It was, look at this idea. And I said, this is good shit. I liked it, you know? Real. Topaz doing his, his Aussie Open propaganda. Which, I mean, fair enough. Um, okay, Big Bill and Moriarty. They've had a nice year. Do you ever take on the Logan Paul thing? 
I know backup hangman has been on this kick of saying he's going to win money in the bank. It feels like going to add him. Yeah, that's what that's like the the big rumor. Um, I mean, I don't really give a fuck to be honest. That the ladder matches don't mean shit to me, man. I don't give a fuck. I couldn't care less. I mean, I'm happy for some of the guys in it. Like I think are good talents. I'm glad they're going with fresher faces, but I gotta be totally honest. I can't. I can't imagine being mad at Logan Paul winning that fucking. I mean, that briefcase is like, who gives a shit? You know. How they still do it, money in the bank? It's twenty twenty three. Let some things die. Go if you just leave it for a few years. Dipshits will have nostalgia for it anyway. Just let it go. We don't need it every fucking year, you know. So I don't care. I don't care whatsoever. I may not even watch the damn match. I may go get a Coca Cola. We shall see. I'm there for Bloodline, Law, and Cody Rhodes versus Dominic. Real grabs only. Astronauts. Always a candidate for tag team the year from my from my vantage point, and I've only seen a handful of matches. Um, he's doing really well in WWE, but I kind of hope Gunter gets to work in Japan at some point. It would be very very cool. I agree. I agree completely. Um, Joe, do you have any thoughts on Jumbo Saru? I'm attempting to once again to, uh, once again walking the road, uh, the King's Road, I assume, not just any road, but fair. Um, watch Bubba versus the Sheik. That was interesting. I'm sure it was interesting. Uh, Jumbo is someone who I've mostly watched through the lens of other, him being like a foil to other people. Uh, but he was a precocious talent. There's a match he had with with Terry Funk in the very early days of his career, where he shows just extraordinary knack for professional wrestling. Of course, his background is not a surprise, but um, a terrific wrestler who I wish I'd seen more of and was more kind of aware of his story beyond his interactions with guys that I am more familiar with. Um, but yeah, a legend who probably deserves more love, honestly, and folks on like myself should probably be more educated than him before they start talking into mics such as this. So yeah, a great, great wrestler. See if the uh, uh, next time Oracle's on, I'd like to talk some Jumbo, actually. He may, you'll probably be more clued in. Um, yes, this is <laughs> evil... He, Cole may let him run it for a moment there, just just for comedy's sake. You know, we have a sense of humor in the uh, in the OC. Um, maybe it's because I don't want it super uh, closely, but I can't get a read on the MJF Cole match tonight. Who you got winning? I think Cole might win by DQ, but I'm not super clear. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm the I'm exact same way because I'm not. I'm also not like plugged into that particular scenario. Not thought about it, really. I I think it's actually very compelling from like a booking point of view. The match itself, I think, is interesting in terms of how good it is. Um, I would say my gut feeling is probably what you suggested in terms of like Cole has him beat. So Max gets himself disqualified, therefore setting up a title match anyway, with my guess. Because generally they don't, you know, like I don't think Cole's losing. But it's like, do you really want, you know, Max getting pin clean to the mouth? I mean, I guess you can I'll be honest, I just don't, the, the non-title thing I think fucking sucks. And and this is, for once, not me doing it used to be better because this is an actual old school trope that I hate. I think it makes no sense. I, I just, I don't like it. You know, it's like, the world's champ wrestles, their belt should be on the line. I truly believe that. I think there's like a logic disconnect when it's not. However, this is an especially extreme example because, um, Adam Cole would clearly be qualified for a title shot. I don't understand why he's not. It's just, and I know there's like baked in reasoning of, you know, Max is, you know, he's, he's uh, political and he, he'll, he maneuvers out of these things, but I, I think it's lame. I would rather they just wait to when they want to do the titles match. Um, what's the Osprey match for Wimbledon? Man, that's a different show. Um, Hangman. I, I don't know. I actually, uh, Speaking of of, of uh, the devil, so to speak, I actually think MJF and Osprey is like what I would do, simply because while obviously Osprey is going to lose that match, like I think that's the best scenario for Max to be like a you know an actual heel, you know. And I would probably do a deal where Max wrestles Osprey in London and then Punk in Chicago, and I think you could maybe get some interesting material out of that. I think that could be pretty sweet. I always think the match would be great, but, you know, certainly wouldn't be for everyone. I would avoid face-to-face promos. That could be get you put in prison, frankly, but I think that'd be pretty sweet, personally. If not that, I think you could always do the third Kenny match. Um, 
I know he wants to work with Punk and Punk wants to work with him. I don't quite know how that looks, to be honest. I, I think it could be advised. That would be a good match for Wembley. I mean, it would certainly be an attraction. We'll leave it at that, but yeah. Uh, Okada should beat MJF for the AEW title and run an angle where he bullies all the young talent in, in AEW. Real. Kicking the shit out of, like Lee Johnson or some shit, you know? Um, what are your thoughts on Dave pushing for Osprey at main event Wembley? Brutal. Just absolutely brutal. Just. Bless Dave, man. I just. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's. it's it's not even a, the thing is about Osprey. It's like I'm not. Look, I'm never going to tell you he's not a good wrestler. I think he's terrific, but he's not even like a big draw here. It's just it's, it's completely mythical. And this thing that Dave does, and again, lo, love to Dave. I'm not trying. This thing he does, where he analyzes the ITV4 TV range, brother. It's people leaving their fucking TV on after they watch Midsummer Murders. It ain't like a. That ain't that kind of TV spot. You know what I'm saying? Like I know who watches those channels, ITV3 and ITV4. Like it ain't. Yes, yeah, very different. He's he's like baffled as to why the rating's gone down since the announcement. It's like because it's not real, Dave. It's just anyway. <laughs> I I think the real story from a British point of view is the fact that Jamie Hayter is clearly like one of the most beloved wrestlers on the whole roster, and due to circumstance with this injury now. But even before that, it's like the, she's the obvious answer. She's right in front of you. Get her in front of the people, and she's a star. People love Jamie Hayter. Anyway, I'll be winding down here in a moment, folks. If you have any questions, do get them in before I have to run. Headed over to the WrestlePurist platform. I'm almost caught up anyway. Beautiful. Um, I do agree. I, I totally get it. It's a fresh lineup, and that's cool. And Logan Paul kind of detracts from that. I, I get it. Um, but, you know. The problem with the fresh lineup is, as, as much as I like a lot of the guys, I don't know if there's an obvious winner, and Logan you know, could kind of explain why that is. We'll see. We shall see. WWE need to do a special in Japan again. Watch the upload of Balor vs. KO. And that crowd is fired up. Brother, that show is one of the coolest things they ever did. One of the coolest things. And it, the thing is, it was all built around the promotion of Brock, but that was not the appeal of the show. They did the same thing later that year. They did. It was nowhere near as cool because it was at the Garden, which is not as you know a novelty for WWE as uh, as uh, as a uh, what was it? Was it Rio Goku they ran there? Sumo Hall, right? Yeah. Um, but later that year they did the thing where it was cool. It was Big Show and and Brock at the Garden. It was just like you know Clash of the Titans match up for for MSG, and the actual appeal of the show to the sickos was seeing like you know Randy Orton work a Rogue Two tag or whatever at the Garden. <laughs> Because we don't get that stuff, that con, you know, that kind of con, you know, uh, contextless professional wrestling, you know, just grabs simple grabs. There's a, there's a lot of that on those shows. Like, uh, um, there's there's another one called like uh, what's it called? Fuck, what was that summer nineteen one, folks? Smashville, Smashville, Slamville. Someone in the chat will know. It was like a random summer house show that they threw on the network. I love those shows. I even like the Starcade ones, and they're the most lazy things they ever produced in the history of the promotion. Smashville? I don't know. Anyway. You think AEW should bring back the rankings? Um, not really. To be honest, I mean, I, I actually had no problem with the way they used it until they, like, Started like cornering themselves for no reason and putting, giving them, putting, you know, matches together they didn't want to book yet. So I don't really need them back, but they never bothered me to begin with. So I'm kind of in the middle on that. My bad. It's a lame answer. Will you and Monty be attending Dave and Brian's q No, but I'm, you know, I hope it does a great house. And again, I have a, I have a great deal of of, uh, of admiration for for Dave Meltzer, even if sometimes I read things he says and go, oh, "Good Lord, Dave!" But that's part. I mean, that's. I'm sure he would do the same thing to me if he if he saw my Dustin Rhodes tweet. He would say, "This fucking guy, this Bing Bong fella, don't he don't have grabs, you know?" So I mean, it happens. Um. Okay. What else we got here? Does anyone know what the show that what that show is called? Smashville. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? WWE, summer 2019. Kofi Kingston was the champ. He worked a triple threat with Joe and Dolph, I think. 
WWE Slam Bill or Smash Bill or something. I never run fucking that. Anyway, uh, not an LA Knight fan. I, I like LA Knight a lot. I do not think he's a world champion candidate. I think he would be a terrific choice to beat um, the A Town Down fella. I like him. Uh, what is your dad's favorite wrestling match? Um, I have to ask him, but I'm pretty sure it's FTR Briscoe's one. I'm pretty sure. FTR Briscoe. Um, hmm. Try to think if there's an Eddie. I don't remember single matches that well, which I mean, fair. I'm envious now that I think about it. <laughs> I would say FTR Briscoe's one, yeah. Smackville it was. Thank you, Elliot. I appreciate it. Joe, show idea where you do grin longs for house show matches. I have got pretty far along in that process previously, and that's just a case of timing. I'll absolutely do it someday. Um, in my head, Cannon Hook was the catalyst for getting rid of the rankings. Has he ever lost? No, and I respect that head cannon. You probably put more thought into it than they did ending it, but um, I like it. It's a good point, honestly. Um I didn't really miss the boat when I have Jericho getting in with some new young talent. Alienate Sammy in doing so, but then unexpectedly when the breakup happens, Garcia actually has Sammy's back, not Jericho's. And then Garcia and Sammy become a babyface tag. I like, I actually like that a lot. Um, there's a part of me as a fan, to be totally honest, James, that's like, can we not put Garcia with Sammy? But I actually think it'd be really good. So I overrule myself in that regard. I'm with you. I, I thought they were doing something interesting. There. I remember when initially Sammy was put to like, mentor Garcia and they had some cute TVs. I mean, they kind of threw that away. I thought it was fun. So, yeah. And that's not hindsight. I think you guys heard me talk about it. Then I like that laugh. So, it's a shame. Um, okay. Final couple minutes here, folks. A chance your dad, your dad joins the grin. Absolutely not. Maybe a pre-tape. Not live. You can't you can't trust old folks with live my express. It's just deadly. Deadly false, you know. You, they say one joke, pop the people. Next thing you know, we're... I can throw it off Twitch. You know what I'm saying? It's tough, man. Real tough. Um, but maybe a pre-tape one day. We'll see. i got a bad feeling we're getting Sammy versus Sonata at Forbidden Door. That's a very bad feeling indeed. That's, that is... That's very, that's very, that's very aggressive. Very, very aggressive. They changed the rules of money in the bank. It can be cashed in for any title. Pop. Someone cashes in for the tag belts like it's TNA feast or fired. All right, on that note, this has been a, a televisual feast, no doubt. Um, I'll be signing off, headed over to the WrestlePurious platform, probably in about 20 minutes with Monty and AO. Um, did I even address the Dustin? I didn't even do it. I just said I was going to do it and never did. Anyway, I thought it was a good spot. Um, so later this week, Matt and I might do an AEW draft. We might not. I might do a JD Drake Daniel Garcia grin along. I might not. Um, uh, what else was I? I might do. Oh yeah, we might do Wheel of Graps. We might not. Um, so there's multiple things that could happen. Many things that could not happen. Uh, probably more of the latter upon fault. But we'll let it play out, and 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 we'll hopefully have fun. I think we'll do something like something will happen with Collision. We'll probably hop on here. You know, I mean, it's this kind of the way this place works, right, is we get fired up by saying we hop on. I'm really hopeful that's going to be the case on Saturday. Um, yes, Matt, I do think Dustin Ford, I hate the spot, which is whatever. I mean, like, that's, you know, I don't need to be Dustin Rhodes' friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. I, there, I will say this. Dustin can think whatever because I don't expect Dustin to scroll through my feed to see my context for it, and I obviously didn't provide any with the tweets. There are some people who are on Twitter enough to have just scrolled my feed for 30 seconds and immediately knowing what I thought of the spot, and instead opted to bring their many followers into my mentions with like a LOL, like I was doing an AEW botches. So uh, that's that's really fucking lame to me, but, you know, whatever, bro, is what it is. Um, shout out to Dustin Rhodes, one of my favorite wrestlers ever, and hopefully he doesn't think I suck. Um, Joe, we need a tournament-style breakdown of your favorite wrestlers like you did with Bob. All right, I'm going to do that. I, so I can actually, I'll guarantee you in the next month we'll have an episode of the grin where I will simply steer the ship, but I will make the bracket because only fair that Bob's not the only person who did that. So I will do that. I saw Bob recommended it on Twitter. So I'm going to do it. All right, folks. He did not block me. Dustin Rose did not block me. Um, Taz definitely dislikes me. That's just different. There's no, there's no doubt about that one. Um, all right. <laughs>
He doesn't really, folks. It's fine. All right. Have a, have a good evening, folks. Enjoy Dynamite. Maybe it'll be so good I'll hop on later. I don't know. But in the meantime, I'll be over on WrestleMania shortly. Keep grinning. All hell. Enjoy this outro, folks. Bye.